0: Nice to finally meet you. So we had talked uh, earlier when we had um, brought your course on into the vault. I don't know if you remember that. So gotten a lot of good feedback on that. Um, Super excited um, to have that as part of our educational resources. Um, So we'll go ahead and dive in. We got some people coming in. We are live streaming to our group. So there'll be nobody in the zoom, but um, let's start off. Kind of, I'll, I'll do a little bit of introduction of what I know about you, and then we're definitely going to get into it. So, if anybody is tuning in, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I always say you're the man that broke Google's algorithm. Um, <laughs> your test. I mean, it made, if I'm not mistaken, it made quite a bit of um, noise in the SEO community with what you were able to do. Um, and I'm super excited to get more into that. Um, why don't you go ahead and start off a little bit and just tell us a little bit about you? How long you've been doing SEO? A little bit about your agency. Um, I know you have a lot going on. You have Page Optimizer Pro. Um, go ahead and give us the uh, Kyle Roof's spiel.
1: Sure, <laughs> the the thirty second uh, elevator pitch. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm the lead SEO for uh, High Voltage SEO. Um, we have offices in Phoenix, Berlin, and Melbourne. We do local to national to international to ecom, everything in between. I am the co, I'm the inventor and co creator of uh, Page Optimizer Pro, which is an on page SEO tool really the the ideas you put in your page uh your competitors and then um we have an algorithm that that i created that we find edges you know how you can get an edge on your competitors not just like parity or or kind of best practices but um how you can actually kind of get an an edge with your on page um you alluded to uh um the seo signals (laughs) lab um uh competition i guess that was a little later i started doing seo in um uh 2012 2013 Um, I initially, uh, well, in a previous life, I'm a lawyer, I'm a trial attorney. And, um, I, uh, I got really burnt out after about four years and I did what I think most people do. I, I quit my job and I moved to South Korea and started teaching English. And, um, (laughs) I the plan. The plan was just to do that for a year. Um, and that one year turned into five. And while I was there, um, I started a business and, uh, we needed a website and it was actually pretty complex website. And, uh, it took a long time to find a a group of developers that could actually do it. And then I I realized, I was like, Hey, I've got these guys that are really talented. Why don't I just start like general contracting websites?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so that seemed like the right thing to do. And, uh, from there, then I got the idea. I was like, you know what, we built these websites and these people like us, we could probably do this new thing called SEO and, uh, we can get monthly recurring, uh, subscriptions out of them. And, uh, so I kind of got into the SEO game, uh, then we moved to India because uh, we got that bright idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: then we got raided by the police and the business was shut down, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. I got my brother thrown in jail in oh, India wow. and he really appreciates me for that. Um, but he can do, he, he's a developer. He, can, he does web design and development and basically uh, we were hemorrhaging clients and he goes, oh, I can take these four um, and, and do that. And um, I don't code. And we had just started doing SEO and I was like, well, I guess I'll take the SEO guys because I need to pay the rent next month. And, um, I had to learn SEO basically that day. And, hmm. um, that, that's what I did. Um, kind of a trial by fire and, uh, a necessity. And then it turns out I wasn't half bad at it. And, uh, a few twists and turns later, now we're here with the, and, with the agency. And you're, in, and,
0: and you're in Thailand, right? You're with Matt Diggity over
1: in Thailand, correct? Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, and our little guy, we moved, um, about six months ago.
0: Are you guys involved at all in business? The two of you, I know he's a pretty big name in SEO as
1: well, or is just, you guys happen to live in the same area. No, we're friends. Um, we're, uh, um, not just professional friends, but friends, friends. And, um, uh, but it's nice. Um, in, so we live in Chiang Mai, which is kind of all the way up in, uh, in, in Thailand. And it turns out it's a real hub for SEO. You can't throw a rock without hitting, um, a pretty high level SEO uh, affiliate marketer, or just some form of digital marketing. Um, yeah, in this area, it's, it's remarkable, um, the, the level of talent that's here and the level of success. Um, and it's really nice being around successful people. And also that it's a community that shares. Um, so like, uh, we do a weekly meetup and there are quarterly meetups and stuff like that. That are really, really nice. And sure. then <laughs> so we're actually all down in Koh Samui. So I'm in Koh Samui, which is an island. Oh, in the okay. south. All of Chiang Mai <laughs> packed up and we're all down here and we're actually doing our, our Thursday uh, meetup today uh uh-huh. the regular Chiang Mai meetup we're doing down here in Kosumui, which is pretty funny
0: yeah and you base and you said you're a lawyer by trade so you have your law mm-hmm. degree do you keep do. your do
1: you keep your certifications up and all that stuff I am uh licensed in Virginia um they have this thing called an associate member where um I don't have to take CLEs um mm. which are the continuing legal education but if I wanted to um practice again I, I could do it tomorrow wow that's, interesting. that's- it's, I don't, it's kind of like, it's not easy to get. So I, I didn't want yeah, you to, don't to, want
0: to lose it. <laughs> no, for sure. Well,
1: let's jump is into the, bec- let's jump, it, go
2: ahead. Is it a specific type of law or is it.
1: For law? No. Um, they're only, uh, like patent law requires something a little bit extra, but after that, you can be any type of lawyer you want to be. Um, is it uh, help
2: t- with your career right now?
1: Tremendously. Um, you know, uh, digital marketing and and SEO is problem solving. And um, the analytical thinking that I think you get from a a, a law degree is is tremendous. Uh, And being able to kind of sit through and and sort through the problem and and compartmentalize it in a certain way to to find the answer you're looking for. And then, you know, searching on Google is research and that's 98% of being a lawyer is being able to do good research. And and that's been remarkably beneficial. So yeah, I think being a a lawyer, I think has been excellent. And then being an attorney, like a trial attorney, um, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when the other side has an argument and you're like, ah, oh, that was a great argument. I, I, I agree with him. <laughs> you're, you really not allowed to say that, you know, like, <laughs> you, know, you you have to, something has to come out of your mouth. That's coherent and, um, uh, kind of is on the side with your person. So, um, that's really helped me and all the public speaking that I, that I do and, and all okay. that as well.
0: Let's get into like the, okay. So there's, um, the thing I've been saying about breaking Google, um, there was, a uh, Stephen King, who's the founder of SEO signals lab, which is a pretty big SEO group. He put out, a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you obviously know much more than I do, but he basically put out a challenge. Tell us a little bit about the challenge, what it all included, and then tell us basically what you did, which, you know, um, which I think even like Google, tell us what you did, the results of it and then kind of what happened within the Google role and what, because if I'm not mistaken, they had to like tweak and change their algorithms based off of what you were able to detect and like show as, as holes in their in their ranking system.
1: Uh, so the, um, so SEO signals lab, and this was 2018, there was a competition to rank for uh rhinoplasty Plano. So rhinoplasty is a nose job and Plano is right outside of Dallas, uh, Texas. Um, you had 30 days. Uh, so it's a sprint and uh, you had to have a brand new domain, so fresh domain. So you couldn't have anything that you've done anything to. Um, after that, it was no holds barred. I mean, you could do whatever you wanted to do, whatever techniques you liked. And then the idea was that the um, person that ranked the highest at the end won. Um, so my, t- my team and I, we decided to enter. Well, I had, <laughs> like team, you're coming with me, uh, but we decided to, to, to go for it. And I think 27 professionals, um, or at least people that think highly of themselves, entered at the end of the of the month only seven had a page that, that indexed at all. In the end, we technically took fifth. Um the, the guy that won he was sitting around like 82 for the term and we were like 95 or 97, something like that. Mm-hmm. A little, little bit of volatility. But about two weeks later, uh our site went to page one, number seven organic and number one in, in the maps. About two weeks after that we went to number one organic and we actually wiped out the maps and we were the knowledge panel. So yeah. we were Rhinoplasty Plano, which is pretty funny. And um, at that point, people really started to lose their minds a bit. And the reason is that we built the site in Lorem Ipsum.
0: Which, so, for those that don't know, is basically Pig Latin content that comes out of fresh yeah, site. So.
1: When you, like, um, if you're looking at a, you're getting your site developed, you know, like a new look for your site, it's the, it's the fake text that, that the the develop uh, the designers will put in. So you can see what text would look like sure. in sure. The internet. So it's not even real Latin. Um, but what we did is we did the math. You know, showing that um, we had our, our primary keyword, the uh, rhinoplastic plan. It's got its variations. It's got its contextual terms. And there are very specific places you need to put those terms. And we did the math on how many times you needed to do them. And so then we very crassly copied and pasted the terms into the lorem ipsum uh, in those areas. And um, uh, really with the idea of showing that, you know, Google's algorithm is just that it's it's an algorithm and an algorithm needs math. And while Google is wildly powerful and and amazing and and just tremendous, it's not a human and it it can't read as a human will will read because it's going to read in terms of math. And so that's that's why we did that, just to kind of make that point. And then um, it did go a little bit better than I was anticipating, but it's something that we've done before. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised it it did so well, but um, I wasn't surprised with the outcome because we've done it before. Well, things were going along just fine. <laughs> and then um, search engine dis- journal decides to write an article on it. And uh, um, man, they have some journalistic integrity, but they um, published my name and uh, the site. And it, it was like Google ranks site in Latin, you know? <laughs> and, and they didn't reach out to me for a comment at all. Uh, but basically they, they said that, um, and you can look this up too, by the way, it's still on their site. Uh, but they, they said that I did this to make fun of Google. Um, and, and that's completely untrue. I did it to make fun of people that say that all you need is good content. Um, because you don't, uh, you do need good content to convert. Absolutely. You know, you want people to engage with your content you want them to, to like what they see and you want them to convert in the way that you want them to convert. But that's a completely different concept from ranking. And when it comes to ranking, you need to satisfy what Google needs to see. And so that's why I did that. So about six hours later, the site was de-indexed by Google, which is, I guess, fair play. Um, but then the part that was a little uncool was um, that morning from about 1.15 a.m. to about 1.27 a.m., Google de-indexed 20 of my test sites. And the test sites had nothing to do with um, the competition site. They were just sites that I used to, to test the algorithm. How did they link them together through the host? Through the host? Or... You tell me. Um, they're all on different hosts. They uh, all had different privacy levels. My guess is just through the registrar um, because they're all registered in my name. That was the the common... Lang, you like, well, they're not allowed to do that. And I was like, okay, well, they can <laughs> you know? do. It. You have <laughs> really like, like, hey, go, daddy. Who owns these? And like, you know, and they're like, we're not allowed to do that. And there's like a pause. They're like, ha, and they're like, and I'm pretty sure that's how that went down.
0: Have you ever? Um, I'll keep going. Keep
1: going. Uh, I was going to say though is um so, uh, the thing that I well, it wasn't fun in the moment. Um, what I realized is it completely validated everything that I was saying. If uh, I was talking nonsense, or if I got lucky, they would have rolled their eyes and moved on. You know, like, like that—that's how it would have gone. But that they actually went after me punitively—you know—to punish me for this—is um, was was very validating. Uh, earlier this year, I released a course on White Hat SEO because, believe it or not, I'm a White Hat SEO. <laughs> Um, but I had to go back through the uh, guidelines again, just to, as a refresher and in the no, no list on automatically generated content, there's this um, rule that says um, you can't have pages that don't make any sense to the reader, but contain search terms. And I was like, when did that rule go into to play? Because that wasn't a rule um, back in the day. And so I put the URL into the Wayback machine and you can see before the competition, that rule doesn't exist. And then six days after the competition was done, and people could see my site, that rule exists. So they put in a brand new rule for that, and then three months later, four months later, punished me for the for the new rule um, when the uh, when Search Engine Journal launched the article. And what's really great about that is, you know, if I write a page that my readers don't understand, that's my fault. You know, that's that that's Google's job isn't to help you convert. But what I realized is not only did they validate the concepts, but then they also validated this as a way to learn how Google's algorithm actually works. That's the problem that they have is that you can do this. And it's a way to actually see this is how the algorithm fundamentally works. You can figure out what is, or is not a ranking factor and what factors are stronger than other factors using this method. And so they completely validated, not just the concept, but then the whole framework as well. And which was fantastic. You know, that, that to me was just perfect have you ever released kind of what your findings were on how to position content and all of that? Like, is that, have you kind of released your secrets? Well, I mean, that's what, um, so within the, the tests that I released, but then also page optimizer pro is the, is the culmination of all those tests The that we run go into that algorithm to say like, this is how you can get those edges. These are the places that Google is looking at, and this is where you need to do this or that to, to get the edge. And how So I've used page optimizer pro
0: actually, and I found it to be, it's very insightful, but it almost seems like a traditional SEO would say, it almost feels like it's over-optimizing because it's putting it in so many times. Um, granted I, you know, I use it for a month or so and I'm no expert at it, but how many times did you have to put Rhino Plastic Plano on the actual page? And where, where, what were the key spots? You know, like some people will say it's always within the first sentence within your H1 tag.
1: Um, you know, title tags, kind of talk to us a little bit about that. Sure, there are, there are groupings of importance. Um, the, your group A, your most important places to put a keyword are in your URL, your title tag, your meta title, your H1, and in paragraph text. That's been for a long time. Yeah, You just put your keyword one time in those four places. You probably just did 60 to 70% of all this right then and there. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the big secret. Um, and that'll, that'll take care of a lot of things for you. When it comes to like... What is over-optimized? There's no set term. It, those things vary keyword to keyword, which is the point of that you have to do this analysis each time. I think for run a display plan, it was only a handful of times that it was it was on the page. Um, I would I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it couldn't have been more than two or three within within the paragraph text. Sure. But after that, it's your variations. So like your phrase match, if you will, of um of your uh, of your of your your primary keyword, your target keyword, um, and it's very very close synonyms uh those do most of the heavy lifting like if you had you know best purple frisbee you're not going to repeat best purple frisbee a a thousand times that's that's gross to to humans to read but then it's also not really effective uh for seo you'd really only want that page probably a handful of times and after that you're going to be talking about frisbees you're talking about why this is the best and maybe the color purple and then different kind of phrase matches of those things um and that's a a lot of what pop will show you is 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 the variations and and how many times you need to to get that on the page. Mm-hmm. But then one thing when it comes to op- like what might be over optimized is that, um, the, what pop is showing is based off what your competitors are doing, you know, the idea that your competitors are doing this and there are times when you want to do what they are doing, that is the right thing to do. There are times you want to do a little bit more and there are times you want to do a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, that's what it comes to doing. So like, there really isn't a, uh, like a standard, like if you do it like five times, you're over optimized it, it doesn't work that way, but, um, mm-hmm. What I would say is that your target phrase, you probably don't need to use it as many times as, as you think you do. Even if you think you're un, you're not in an over optimized situation, like I only use it three times, you might not even need to use it three times. Sure, but the, sure. the the match terms through your variations are probably more important. Talk to me about
0: schema that was on that page. I'm sorry, schema markup. What did you have on the page
1: in terms of schema? Listed? Local schema. We we used local schema markup for that because we were um, so we uh we got an address. <laughs> we got a local address verified our GMB, and then um, and then uh, uh, had local uh, SEO, uh, local business sch- schema on the page. Did you do
0: any citation building, any link building? Um,
1: so uh, that was the only link building that we did. We did two rounds of citations, I think, through Bright Local, like 20 in, in a batch. We did we, we did two of those. Um, I did build out uh, branded Web 2.0s. So owning your name across the web in terms of like, you know, rhinoplastyplano.wordpress.com. Yep. That kind of thing. And then, but not publishing to that, but using them as a form of citations where um, you know, we, we put the business information, your NAP, your name, address, and phone number, and then a link back to um, the target page. That, that's what went on all those things. So we're owning that name across the web. And then we indexed those um, so that we would get credit for them in a the short amount of time.
0: How many of, those, the, how, how many of those did you, I, I refer to those as satellite sites because I'm into link building. Sure. So it was build- somewhere in the
1: neighborhood of 20 to 30, your standard ones that you would do. Okay. And but that was the sum total of the, of the link building.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And did you do anything like on-site optimization in terms of for your GMB with like building out content or sections
1: of services or anything like that? Did the categories like you normally would, filled out all this stuff with address and, and those sorts of things, but nothing, nothing too fancy there. Got it. We did also build out supporting articles, though, um, for the, the target page on our own site. So like, you know, does it hurt to get a nose job? You know, what's the recovery time? Those types of things that would just be kind of standard supporting article type things. But again, they were all lorem ipsum. So it was just that, you know, phrase in English in the in the meta title and in the H1. The rest is Lorem Ipsum and then mm-hmm. linking back to the target page and they link to each other in a in a standard kind of a virtual silo mm-hmm. where you create links between pages with body content links.
0: What is your biggest takeaway now like have they could you do that again or have they completely fixed it to where you haven't been able to 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 re-crack it
1: yeah the level of hate mail that i got was was tremendous um (laughs)
2: yeah
1: (laughs) uh you got lucky um they they've redone the other bird bird is here now um you know uh, all these hummingbird has increased you know the new pandas i don't know um so in 2019 2020 um, before the world went completely crazy. Um, uh, I did a speaking circuit and I spoke in LA and, um, garden Grove, which is right, right next to Disneyland. Uh, I spoke in Bali, uh, Chiang Mai, SEO, uh, Munich and Milan. And I ranked a page on page one for each of the cities in warm Ipsum doing the exact same thing after like, and basically going through each of the objections that somebody had, like you can't do it because of this. And then I did it because of that. And you can't do it because of this and then did it because of that. And so, hmm. and most of those are actually still ranking on page one. Interesting. Hmm, that's awesome. And
0: talk. Let's talk a little bit about SEO strategy and I guess how a lot of our, a lot of our group is, I would say there's some good SEOs. Um, I like, know, like, you know, Marty Marion, he's in our group. Um, we have quite a few other few that are pretty, Pretty proven, and I would say do a good job. What would you rank the level of on-site versus off-site? And can you do one without the other? Um, It kind of, as you start to get into more of like e-commerce where you're going to competitive, how
1: important is each of those play into what you're doing? Uh, On-page will do most of your heavy lifting. If you dial in your on-page, it'll reduce your dependence upon links. Um, so I think you want to make sure you tag your on page as well as you possibly can. Um, but then there is a place where the sidewalk ends, you know, like, you know, on page can sometimes get you to page one and, and you do quite well. And that's just all well there is to it, but, uh, you might get to a point where, you know, that's it. And then you're now on page three, page two, wherever. And then that's where you definitely need those off page signals to make it happen. But you can do very well with, uh, with off page and, and less on page. The thing is, I've always felt that the one thing you completely control is your own website. You know, you don't control backlinks or what Google may or may not like when it comes to those and and they're quite fickle and and very volatile. So if you're looking for a a longer term play and to decrease volatility, especially when it comes to Google updates, on-page is is your best best method. I would focus on on on-page and I'd focus on supporting pages for my target page. That will significantly reduce the amount of volatility that you have on Google updates. And then when it comes to backlink building, I would build those into my supporting pages. And if I've set up my internal linking correctly, uh, you're gonna get the juice passing up to your target page. But again, it will decrease the volatility that you have anytime Google decides to to change anything or just things happen naturally with like link rot. You know, you, you lose a link or perhaps time happens and Google's got a, time, a timer on the amount of links you have. If you're not dependent upon that sort of a boost uh, for your SEO, but it is complimentary. Uh, if you have everything set up on your site with your on page and your supporting pages, I think you're going to do a lot better in the long run.
0: Mm, okay. Uh, you had a question, Luke?
1: Yeah. Um, so for we have,
2: um, a few different types of skill level, um, and mm-hmm. least so like, what would be your, um, someone starting at an agency, um, an SEO agency, what would be something that you would change, um, that you would have done differently when you started?
1: You're starting an agency, Um, uh, benchmarking, uh, uh, things that matter. (laughs) Um, The the most important things to benchmark are the amount of keywords a page is ranking for. Uh, A page that is healthy, you've optimized and is doing well, is actually growing uh, in the amount of keywords that that it's ranking for. And you can see that within Search Console. I would measure organic impressions and organic clicks as my three main KPIs. Um, Focusing in on one keyword is is almost worthless because a page ranks for more than one keyword. And it's also not a bad strategy to build a page for a keyword you will never win uh, because you won't win that primary keyword. But if you properly optimize for a primary keyword, you will win secondary keywords. And often those keywords will drive a lot of traffic. And um, because they're longer uh, phrases, they're often more buyer intent. So that somebody, if they can get to your page because of that longer phrase, they're more likely to convert. Uh, so it's even better traffic. Um, so uh, measuring the the page's performance is something that I would start with. Something else that we did um, was benchmarking where we started. You now, usually you come into a project and the page exists for a particular phrase, and you're going to optimize that phrase, uh, optimize that page for that particular phrase, and do stuff to it it's a really good idea to benchmark and and make it very clear where that page started with the, the keywords it's ranking for its impressions, its clicks and conversions. Because if you have a flat month, clients often get into the, what have you done for me lately kind of mentality. And if you can say like, or even we went down a little bit, but we're still 10 X where we started, you know, you get a little more grace and it's Mm -hmm. easy for, for people to forget, you know, where you came from. So I would monitor things at the page performance level. I would monitor those KPIs that are most important. And that, um, to our reports, we have this little box and they can see exactly where we started from. So like, you know, you had, you know, <laughs> like uh, 10 clicks, 100 impressions and one conversion when we started. And we're getting 50 conversions now. I understand that we got 55 last month, but um, that's still way better than than where you started. So making those points a little bit clear would be, a, I think, a great starting point. Hmm. What did that do for your business? All the publicity you got. Well, it decreases, it decreases churn. The The biggest problem you have is churn where you've got a client that's like, you know what? The grass could be greener over there. Um, that's always what they're thinking. And if you have a couple of flat months, they're like, well, okay, they're, they're spent. Um, so you want to make sure that they understand the, where they were, where you got them and that maintaining that is also still a skill as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm talking about the whole Google thing though. Did that, because of the search engine journal
1: article and all that, did that increase? Oh, it's kind of like when um, Darth Vader struck down Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Star Wars, believe it or not.
2: <laughs>
1: seen Star seen Wars? No, I get all. I can't watch it, man. It's so bad. Uh, all right,
2: it, I'm, I'm clicking Justin out of this call.
1: <laughs> it, uh, it, <laughs> it made me. It. It, it made me more powerful than they could, they could have possibly imagined. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name's Luke, know, so
2: I feel like I have to. I have to watch Star Wars.
1: The best thing about Star Wars, yeah, the, I um,
2: the
0: friends episode where Ross pretends go um, we watch friends, Ross
1: pretends, she gets dressed up as princess Leia or whatever.
2: Oh uh, yeah. I think I remember that episode, but
1: no, it was, um, it, uh, it was, it was very validating. And um, something that I've always done is I've shown my work. So mm-hmm. like in the tests that I run, you can see those and so that you can replicate them, you know, and you can try to do them yourselves or you can, you know, debate them on, on what they are. Uh, and same thing with the, with the lore maps I showed exactly what I did. You can look at the site. You know, it's not hidden. Um, and with the success that brought and, and the transparency that this is how I do SEO, this is how it works. This is what I found. And these are the results. And, you know, um, most of the people that want to get into an argument with you or me have nothing to show. Right. Um, you know, they, they want to talk about some feelings that they've got, you know, or, One time, one place, they did something. It's like, okay, well, can you repeat that, or is that repeatable? I even got told that it was really unfair that I was asking for proof once with a guy. You know, and he was like, "It's, it's." He's like, "It's really low class for you to ask me for to prove what I'm saying." And I'm like, "I don't even know what you're talking about, man." Like, (laughs) you know, I I show all my work. You know, and you can, and we can debate it for that. And you can not like it, and that's fine. And and there, I've been wrong before. I promise around thousands of times, but at least you can see the work that I'm doing. And I'm, and I'm happy to have that conversation. If you've got something else, let's take a look at it because I don't have any, I don't have any pride in the outcome. The end goal is to rank better. You know, that that's what it comes down to. And on top of just, it, I'm outside just the theory of it or the fun of it. I actually have clients. I'm accountable to them. Like this has to work or they don't stay with me anymore. So not only am I just doing this for the 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 fun educational theoretical value of it, but there's also a practical component as well as I have to put this into play. This is the SEO that I'm doing uh, for clients. So uh, not only am I accountable or transparent in in what we're doing, but I'm I'm actually accountable for this work as well. Um, And if somebody else is in that same position, that's, that's a great conversation to have, you know, because then we can learn. Uh, But a lot of people don't come from that perspective. They just see something and they're like, oh, that can't work or whatever, but they have nothing to show for it other than their feelings. Right. Hey,
2: Kyle. So, we, we can go to rhinoplastyplano.com, right? Or it's a, where it's is a good dot, place to find
1: It's dot .co is what it is. Um, dot co. Uh, and if there's a
2: good place to find, like you said, you have a lot of your proof out there. Good, there's a good place to find all of it. Either I can do just type in the show notes, like the websites, or is there's a place on your website or something.
1: Um, so uh, internetmarketing.gold is where I publish my tests. Um, that's a paid group. There's a free group in Facebook that people can um, uh, plug into, uh, just to kind of get a feel for, for what's there. Um, how but, um, not release, like how
0: much do you know that, you know, it would percentage wise would you, I mean, obviously you've, you know, a lot of what
1: to do versus what not to do, but obviously you don't want to give everything away. Um, the only thing I don't give away you know? is, is the algorithm for pop. You know, that's, that's the only thing that's proprietary, but, um, the tests that I run, I, I, I don't hold anything back. I, oh, I cool. there, there's, um, this pool is so big. You know, there's so many clients, there's so many opportunities. Uh, there's so many affiliate opportunities to build your own properties and stuff like that. Um, even if we're going after the same keyword, there's still a lot of space. Um, yeah. I'm not concerned about running into anybody or having any problems with that whatsoever. I mean, cause the, the tool we were using within the agency, I could just continue to use it and, and be successful there. But the, with that success, it was easy to bring it to market. To, to say like, hey, this is, this works, use it. And if it's competitive with somebody else, that's that's totally fine because there's so much space.
0: What is your thoughts on Shopify, ranking a Shopify site versus a WordPress site?
1: It doesn't matter. Um, you it matters. No, Google is CMS agnostic. I don't know that there's any CMS that has an edge on any other CMS. What it comes down to is if you're able to um, optimize elements, you know, can you get at your, your H tags? The way you, you can't get down. you can't get to like your your URL slugs. You know you have slash product slash product. That links. is kind of a, a drag when you're in a in a closed system. But is that going to stop you? No. I mean, would it be nicer if you could? Yeah. Um, I've always it, said I mean,
0: it's probably twenty percent harder to rank a site, twenty to thirty percent harder to rank a Shopify site versus a non Shopify site without some of those high level controls, because there's just some things that are very key importance but you can't change them because it's built into their system.
1: Yeah, when it comes to URL structure, the, the biggest problem is like having uh, irrelevant folders and you're going deeper into a site. So like um, you wanna keep as flat as structure as it's reasonable um, mm-hmm. but like nobody is searching for product, right? Usually yeah. when you've got a category, it, it makes sense because it's part of the search phrase or, or, or something flash, related you know, to do it. like the stuff. ones, right. But the ones that do like, sl- like slash page, like that or slash post or slash blog or slash whatever um is really that's kind of annoying what i think it does more than anything is it just increases the amount of time it takes um i think you can still definitely get there um Mm -hmm. but i think you and you can just see that through indexing times if you were to launch two pages at the same time on relatively equal sites that are getting crawled about the same amount if you've got .com slash folder, 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 paged versus .com slash page. The that second one's going to index so much faster because mm-hmm. you know, you're not making Google work for it. So a closed system that has a URL structure that's uh, creating irrelevant folders is just the biggest thing it's going to do is, is slow down your indexing. Yeah, because Shopify, like with their blogs, for example, they use slash
0: blogs slash whatever you want to name your blog, which most just with default, which I think it's slash blog slash news slash your article name, which you know, it just adds, like you said, so many deep, th- and there's no control over it, which I mean, think is.
1: Yeah, you're asking Google. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, friend. Would you mind going deep into my website, please? Like,
0: yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> and they, they don't get down crawled up. You know, you just don't get right. that kind of crawled depth. So, but they'll get there eventually, especially if you're consistently putting out content. You know, and, and you're you're on it. I mean, it'll it'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I think it maybe slow down your indexing more than anything.
0: So let's say I bring five,
1: let's say I come to
0: you and I, I have like an e-comm site, about 4K budget. How much of that would you say you put into like link building? And are you doing all of your own link building putting out your own content? Or do you guys not do link building, only focus on site? What are like your things that you guys internally focus on versus, you know, maybe externally,
1: I guess. What I'm probably going to want to do is, um... So, when you come with e commerce sites, you have kind of two different types of pages. You have your product page, and then you've got kind of that longer form article page. Um, and depending on what Google is really interested in for that particular product or keyword, it might like one or it might like the other. So, what I want to make sure is we've got the opportunity to hit either of our product or a category page, for example, or a longer form uh, piece of content. The other thing that I want to do is I want to decrease um, the risk that we have uh, in being dependent upon Google liking what we're doing at at the time. And the way to do that is through supporting content. Um, I really want to get a lot of content on the site. Larger sites are less volatile. Larger sites that are contextually uh, and topically relevant are less volatile. The the other thing you can do, too, is if you're going after uh, longer phrased terms, those can rank quite quickly and start to trickle in traffic while you're doing other things that are, are longer term plays. So you can actually start to get some sales. You can start to get some wins. But well, what you notice is if you launch, you know, 10 pieces of content and they all get 10 clicks, that's hundred clicks. Um, that's, there's probably a sale, a sale in there because you probably can convert about 1% of that on your site and they're going to rank quickly. So, and what you, what you'll find is as you, as you start to do that, like all boats start to rise on your site. And then you niche edit your own site to create an internal linking structure on those ones that are most successful to link into your target pages. And then you're passing your own link equity, uh, your own topical relevance, and you're building out a much stronger site. After that, then I'll start looking at uh, building links into those pages. And I really want to build them into my uh, well-performing supporting pages more so than my target pages. Really just from a practical standpoint, if you're selling a product and you ask somebody to link to them, they're going to tell you to pound sand. I mean, who, who links to a, a product that <laughs> I'm selling this, will you link to me? But mm-hmm. if you have something that provides a lot of value that actually has the opportunity to get a link uh, uh, organically. And that's what you want. That, that's the ideal is that it's, it's, it's something that could generate actual links. The other thing you run into is that sometimes links are toxic through no fault of your own. Yeah. Um, but if you're focusing on bringing them into those other pages, worst case scenario, you can burn down um, a supporting page much faster than you can burn down or would want to burn down a, a target, a money page. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do first. I'd try to look at ways to make sure that we're covering all of our bases and what Google might want to rank for our particular keywords. I'm gonna build out supporting content to bring in good traffic, uh, low risk traffic. That's also then gonna increase the size of the site appropriately. And then after that, I'm gonna start looking at links uh, in mostly into those uh, supporting pages to then again, build up the relative strength of those which will then pass to my target pages. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: And do you guys use? I mean, I'm sure you know of SE Nuke or GSA. Do you use any like? Do you do tiered link building and use anything like when you get to tier three, four, five, like far
1: away enough? Are you using? No, a lot of our clients are like banks, and you can't GSA. You can't yeah. burn down that domain. Yeah. <laughs> they get they get a little testy. Some say um, it still works. I used to use it way back in the day, but I haven't used it for
0: years upon years. Um, but we only we never used it towards like tier zero or one or even tier
1: two. It was always like three and medium. You'd have to do it multiple <laughs> yeah. for sure. You want that? So uh, you got your guest post, maybe build to that. Yep. Well, your guest your guest post on a very strong site. Yeah, uh, is what you want to do there.
0: Yeah. And do you guys use um,
1: so I had actually somebody
0: ask me today, um, be interested in your opinion, wanted to start a medium blog. So, we put out blogs for them two, three times a week. Um, importance of like using WordPress.com and having a, like having multiple blogs, multiple satellites. Do you, do you do anything like that? And if you do, um, do you use can you use the same content as long as it's branded the same that it's the same brand? Are you using different content? What does your strategy look like from um,
1: having multiple blogs out there? You? If you did that, what I would probably do is like a snippet. On that site that links into the full article uh, on my own site is, is the approach that I would take. We don't do too much of that. The thing that I want, that we do, that I like to do is just make sure that I own the name, You know, the, the, the we own the, the the client's name across those properties, so somebody else can't be a dick and come in and, yep, and try to take it and do something with it. And then I'm really just using them as citations, sure, kind of putting that citation type information on. The more so than using them for for blogs. But if somebody wanted to do that, I would do snippets of the longer post on there and then link back to the original post is how I would do it. And then that gives you a level of tiered link building. If you want to do that, mm. that's the approach I would take.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you give for like, um, local, like how does your, so I've built out data studio reporting. have used, you know, keyword, keyword.com. What does your reporting look like in terms of
1: using something? We, custom? we use data, we data use studio. studio. Yeah. Okay. So we'll bring in, um, uh, Google Analytics and, and, and search console information into one page. And then we break it down at the page level. Um, obviously, you'll see some side-by data. But yeah. um, I want to see how, I mean, we optimized this page. We need to see how that page is actually doing. Sure. Uh, and that, that's that's the whole point, you know. So we want to make sure that what we've done is, is successful for that. Measuring those KPIs of uh, are we gaining search queries? Are we gaining impressions? Are we gaining uh, clicks? Are we gaining conversions? One important note. If you have a successful page, you're going to notice that your average ranking position is going to go down, yeah. as is your CTR. And the reason is that you're casting a wider net; you're picking up more keywords. They're lower level, so as a result, it's going to bring down the overall ranking of of your page yep. for quite some time. It'll also bring down your click through rate, and people start to freak out, and they're like, you know, like, oh my god, I optimized this page, and and I, I was, you know, I was at 25 for an average rank, and now I'm at whatever. But what that means you rank for more keywords. So you should see those impressions going up and you should see those clicks going up. And if those two things are going up, then you're doing great. Yeah. You're actually doing really, really well because you've got a healthy page that is, that is picking up keywords. The other thing I can do for you though is um, an update happens. What you'll often find is that if you're monitoring at the page level, you can see the terms of that, that page lost. Um, and then you can identify like, do we need, okay, is that a term that we're, was worthwhile? Several times we found like, oh, you know what, we're ranking for a whole bunch of irrelevant keywords because you'll notice your conversions don't change. And I was like, well, our traffic went down, our impressions went down, and we lost like 10% of our keywords, but our conversions didn't move or they even got a little bit better. Okay, we're, we're fine. You don't have to panic about that, but, it, but because we know what's going on on those pages. But sometimes it's like, you know what, these are actually good terms. Then you can decide, like, do we have a page for that? And we just need to optimize this page a little bit more for that particular term that we lost, or do we need new content? And then I can then set out your content schedule to, to kind of recapture um, those lost uh, impressions and clicks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's what, yeah, because I always just pull like um, for the pages that we are actually actively working on, and I'll pull just keyword overall, keyword growth and show overall keyword growth for those pages because it just yeah. does exactly what you talked about. Um, what are your it's so, to? Much, it's so
1: much better than just like a, a single rank tracking report that says, like, you know, yeah. you were at seven and now you're at eight, and you're like, should we do something about that? Who cares? I'll, have
0: to send you, um, I'll shoot you over. I have like an 80 page report I built with Data Studio. I'll send uh-huh. it to you you think about it. Scott Analytics and Search Console. You can check it out.
1: The thing that I think we need more like fancy charts. We don't have good charts. I want, I want like the really pretty looking ones. Mm-hmm. I, I think people, um, clients especially, clients, big dumb animals sometimes. You know, you just need to show colors. But most of them they don't pretty. even look at. Like <laughs> pretty colors. I <laughs> you know? and I built this one. I'll, I'll send it to you after the call.
0: It was like 80 pages and I bet you that they haven't even, like some of the clients I built it for, they haven't. They haven't like looked it. at
1: one page. They look at page <laughs> one, you know, and maybe so the summer. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So your old the old
2: numbers are in red. Your new yeah. numbers are green and they're big.
1: Yeah. The one client was like,
0: build me something. So I built him something and then he's like, well, this is too much. It's like, you wanted this detailed report. Well, I want one page. It's like, well, you just, it's the opposite of <laughs> what you fucking wanted.
1: So <laughs> now nah, that's, so it's, it's a, it's a balance. Um, I have found what's very successful is if you have that summary page with the red and the green and the chart that does this and the thing that does that, um, that's what they want. And then they want to see that there are 79 other pages. Yeah. Then they feel good about that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, okay, here's the summary. That's all I'm going to read. And I know the data is there if I ever want it, but they're never going to, you know, right. but the book that it exists is such a comforting idea. And then here's the distilled down into four or five bullet points. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. little
2: do they know all that data is just laura mipsum
1: that's right <laughs> you know what you could probably do it you could probably like just get the exact same report every time
0: how often do you have to tweak your page optimizer pro like how
1: like how many tests are you actively running to be able to tweak your algorithms um at any given point in time we probably have 10 to 15 tests that are running um not all of them are directly related it's just more like we're we on point with this, but then the other thing that we do too is that we um, we we live field tested as well. So we have a lot of pages that we're running in different niches uh, and optimizing them in certain ways just to see how they're performing. You know, to make sure that we're getting, you know, like like in a low competition term, if you do your on page, you should do pretty well. You know, and making sure that you know as we follow those uh, instructions that we you know, we index quickly. You know, meaning that we're hitting our semantic terms, our related terms. You know. The, the, performs pretty well just with on-page alone. Sure. That's a lot of what we do. Um, up, updates, though, are really good for us. Um, when, like, when Google does an update, um, what's nice is that the secret is hiding in plain sight. Google shows you the new sites that it likes. And so we can... That's what POP does is it analyzes those pages. And so when, a, when an update happens, we're pretty update-proof in that um, that doesn't affect us too much. Right. The only thing we do is we do a lot of math. Like... <laughs> a lot of math to find because we want to the, uh, we'll give a range, you know, and the concept is the answer. The, the right answer is somewhere within this range. If you get into this range, you're going to perform pretty well. And we do it to, um, statistical significance. And so we, we run our P values a lot to make sure that we're hitting statistical significance. And like, basically the right answer is somewhere with it within here, within a, uh, significant level of confidence. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a lot of the, 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 the work that we do behind the scenes. Now you're talking um, stats if i failed basic algebra three times i had no idea that my entire life would be statistics like that um like uh a, a true understanding of standard deviation uh p-values um those uh, uh standard error of the mean is an amazing piece of math that i had no idea existed several <laughs> years ago and, and it's become a pretty much a daily part of my life yeah you're talking um uh, you're talking, uh, math and I absolutely hate it. I did horrible at it. So. I didn't think I liked math. I mean, I thought I was fine at it, but I, I, I I'm not good at school math. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you were to like, man, we need you to sign, cosine this tangent over here. Like I, mean, I, don't, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, <laughs> but, um, but now when it comes down to like probability and, and statistics and stuff like that, it, that's actually a lot of fun. You can teach yourself it too.
2: Yeah. Um, we're, a uh... I know we don't have much time yet, but um, fifteen minutes. But
0: right, three, we, 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 we have a hard thing. stop, Kyle. We're gonna go till nine if that's good for you.
1: No, no, it's uh, it's my eight a.m. So, well, you're early. Yeah, I got all the time in the world. There and actually, I think I'm gonna round up to the weekend after this, anyway. So,
2: there you go, man. Start having some uh, beers. Would you, at there you go. Would you want to talk about the future
1: of SEO? Like, kind of SEO's what you think
0: dead. is gonna happen? is dead. dead.
1: Oh, man, it's died. It's died so many times. <laughs> um, as long as it is not a manually curated uh, index, you know, where a, an actual group of humans is choosing what should rank, there will always be optimization. Same thing with, um, with Facebook ads, uh, any kind of PPC. As long as uh, uh, there's an auction, that um, is looking at certain areas that you can <laughs> optimize. As long as it's not a human doing it, um, there will always be um, uh, SEO, and there will always be uh, ways to improve your PPC. Um, that that is the future. So as long as it's not a human being doing it, we're good. Um, even if it's a it's a very fancy AI, that's fine because that is not a human, and it can it can get close probably, but it, it will still rely on math. It will still rely on on things that can be optimized so right. that to me I, I, i'm not too concerned or like um you know like was it the the new text that's coming out written by ai this or that you know that to me looks like spinner chief from 2012 like <laughs> it's not too much better so what i still think it? there's room. AI what uh, like the ai written content that people are oh deep, yeah uh, pt3 stuff um you know i think we're still i think humans will still be necessary for a while but um, optimization will be there for a while. One other thing that I think it's, it is an important point is that um, the stuff that changes in Google's algorithm is usually the stuff on the fringe. In a bell curve, you know, you've got like 70, 80%. It's the 10 to 15% on each side where people are trying to gain something. That's, where they're, that's usually where they're targeting. And, and there is some carnage that's unfair little tag a site that's doing it legitimately but by and large that's what they're trying to get the stuff in the middle stays relatively the same and the thing i teach people or really highly recommend is don't overthink it now do the basics first before you get into any kind of fancy technique don't try to outthink google you know just give it what it needs get fancy later so kind of start with the basics get there and then and then go
0: have you um how has, how have you seen it evolve over? Cause how long you've been doing SEO? When did you say? It's about 2012, 2012. How much has your strategy changed in terms of on-site,
1: off page versus on-site? Like um, I've gotten more sophisticated uh, in terms of um, the, the content that I produce for the site um, and, and what I'm actually trying to, to get indexed for the site that that's been a, I used to really just think about in terms of one page you know we've got this page let's get that page optimized and ranked but there's actually a lot more to it with the content strategy you're going to have and what you're going to put out for the site um most recently i've been uh um avalanche theory from uh chris carter i highly recommend looking at that you can go to builder society and look up avalanche theory and it actually really well articulates a lot of what i do And it's a, it's a method of finding, um, what your site is, the strength of your site, like instead of using my sites a DA 20, I don't even know what that means, but it's a, it's a way to categorize how strong your site is by the traffic you're receiving and the the traffic you naturally receive. And, um, so I've been doing a lot of testing with that and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and it's a better metric, I think, uh, than just some arbitrary number, not to take away from those arbitrary, that they're great, but, um, I think it's a little more useful to look at inter- things in terms of traffic because that's really the end, the end result is, is, is traffic and it's a little bit harder to manipulate your traffic than it is some mm-hmm. sort of metric from another tool.
0: Sure, that makes sense. What are your go-to tools? SEMrush, Ahrefs, obviously Page Optimizer Pro. Um, yeah, It'll pop and only pop. That's all we use.
1: Um, <laughs> um, what do you use for like research? Uh, we use SCM Rush, uh primarily, yep. Uh, it has enough tools in there that, um, we were kind of able, we kind of consolidated a lot of tools into SEM rush. Basically. Um, we did it, uh, primarily like March, 2020, when we were like, we got to get lean, you know, <laughs> like, are we going to lose clients? What's going to happen with this COVID thing? So like, um, you know, our, our software budget went from about $4,000, about 2000 a month, um, really trimming down a lot of like, well, you know what? We have this and it does do this and we do like that, but we can approximate this with this other tool yeah. and uh SEM rush kind of cover a lot of that for us. And then, um, core is another tool. Yeah. I was just going to
0: ask what the name of it was. I couldn't remember. I've used that one. And that one's a pain in the
1: butt to use. You need to like spreadsheets and you need to like yeah. them a lot. um, <laughs> um Ted is yeah. a great friend of mine, but I think he looks at that complexity as a feature. Um, uh, uh, but what we do is um, we start with POP and POP has a content brief and we start with that and kind of then on the next run, we're going to look at more advanced strategies in POP and Cora. And Cora has this thing called best of both by page. That's the only column we need to worry about because uh, Quora runs uh, statistical analysis on like 2000 some odd factors. Um, and then it uses two different statistical methods and best of both is where they both agree. And so you can get a list of like 20 things. Some of them are very low hanging fruit and uh, they statistic in the statistical model, they're, they're moving the needle, tag those, you get them done in like 10, 15 minutes and then don't worry about the rest. And you probably get a bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I found that to be extremely difficult. That's when we were testing both and we settled with page optimizer pro. Um, It's just so much easier to use the interface, you know, versus using what they,
1: they give you. And it was, I think their stuff's super expensive. very expensive i think um yeah core is around 250 a month i think Mm -hmm. what do you Uh, i'm sorry
2: sorry sorry to butt in.
1: we got a question from marty
2: marion i know we have we're coming up pretty soon an hour here Mm -hmm. um but he (laughs) asked what do you think about the story that google is considering curating or editing search queries
1: i haven't seen that um i'd be stunned i mean so uh the only people that complain about Google results are SEOs. Um, humans that go and use <laughs> are happy. You know The reason that they go there is because they're, they're liking the, the results that they're getting. For Google to do something like that would be so expensive. If they're doing human curation, it'd be so expensive for them to do when they've already got a system that people like. So I always think of it in terms of what will cost them the least amount to maintain the results that they're getting that people are happy with. So I would be surprised if they go to any kind of human curation just on a cost. I mean, they'd have to have a whole data center for that of humans, and that's so expensive to do. And then you have to aim them. Like, yeah. I know that they had talked about that with some of the, you know, election
0: stuff, that there was some obviously there was kind of like what you, you know, obviously the article comes out and then your stuff's all this D index and the listings were manipulated. I'm sure there's some of it
1: that goes on, but only to a certain extent. I could see it in very specific situations, perhaps yeah. like that, uh, or like they see some really unusual activity, but that's what a manual review is, right? So they yeah. see unusual activity, your site gets flagged, and then a human will take a look. I could see that, but as a across the board sort of thing, it seems very cost prohibitive.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had a site manually besides the Lorem but
1: like, have you ever been? No, just, the, just those sites. Yeah. Those are the only ones that ever, yeah, ever got slapped. I've never seen any <laughs> annual penalties before. And um, so there, there, there were two, so the plastic Plano got, um, pure spam is what it was called is, is, is the penalty pure <laughs> spam. Pure and spam. then, um, all the test sites, they were labeled as major spam issues, <laughs> but I, I like, I really like that the, the, uh, the round was just pure spam, like F you. <laughs> so, um, on the test sites, so the major spam issues. So what I did was, is I, um. Took, so for one, of, I, I submitted reconsideration requests. So I, I, I took the, uh, the page completely down. So all the stuff that was on that page. And then um, it was just the like WordPress 2010 or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. I, and
1: I sent it back up and it came back rejected. So then I took just one page. It was one page I, and I just stream of consciousness. I was like, this is unique content because I'm thinking of it as I'm typing it. And this is the only thing that exists on this entire site is just this one page and resubmitted that and they rejected it again, um, <laughs> which was awesome. Because I mean, that, that that completely showed it was completely punitive. You know, there, there wasn't just like, oh, you know, you violated this and but it was like, this was, we're taking this down and you may not have it back. <laughs> hmm.
0: And you are speaking, because you speak at a lot of the conferences too, correct? If I'm not
1: mistaken. I try, yeah. Which ones do you have coming up? I don't know if I have anything booked. So I just did SEO Con Jakarta. Um, that was uh, last week, week before. And I did um, SEO Mastery Summit in the end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, and that's a Mad Singers Conference. I did Data Natives um, Unlimited. I was a panelist on that earlier this year. But I don't know if I have any... Nothing I think about it. I don't think I've got anything major booked just yet coming up. Things will come though. They always do. Yeah, and it's well, and it also there's hasn't been any conferences really because of all the so I've noticed that a couple of conferences like in the November, December range, it looks like they're trying to go live for a lot of those conferences. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Yeah,
0: it seems like it's starting to finally come around, but it's still uh still hanging in there. So yeah. Um in terms of um, agency, are you guys only doing SEO? Do you guys do anything else, or primarily focus on SEO?
1: We do offer. I mean, we're, we're, we are full service, so we'll do Facebook and, and PP uh, AdWords stuff like that, other PPC type things. But um, that's not our forward facing product. Sure. And um, sure. uh, usually, with the companies that we're dealing with now, they've already got that team. You know, they they actually already have like their in house digital marketing or SEO team anyway, and they're looking for a consultant to come in and, and then also fulfill certain things that are just difficult to do in-house, like, you know, produce content at mass and that, and that sort of thing. So that's a lot of the the companies that we're working with now kind of already have those teams already and they, they're they not looking for a complete specialist. They actually, they want an SEO agency. And yep. so that's kind of how we've framed ourselves now.
0: Do you do anything with,
1: uh, so I know Matt,
0: i found, I followed Matt for quite a while. Um, I know he's really big into PBNs and stuff. Do you guys do anything with
1: PBNs at all? Or how does your outreach look like? Uh, I mean, the the way to stay white hat is that um, uh, you have to acknowledge that it's advertisement. If you are, have acknowledged that you have purchased an ad, um, that is white hat. Because the, the standard is editorial review. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the concept is you had a website, you saw my site, you think it's good and you wrote a piece of content and, and linked to it, that, that's editorial review, you've, you've reviewed that content and you're like, yeah, this is what we want to yes. Something that doesn't have editorial review is, is a paid placement. Um, and and that's where people kind of run into trouble is in, in in the buying links. But if you are explicit that this is an advertisement, you know, and native advertisement is advertisement that's supposed to look natural, but it's not. So long as you're explicit that, that you have purchased this link, you purchased this placement on this site, you know, that because it's an ad, that, then you're completely allowed to do that. It's fine. Um, I don't someone, like PB. I, I'm most sorry.
0: Most people aren't
1: with link building, though. You know, right? And yeah. but it's so easy to get within a white hat realm just through acknowledging what people understand what it is anyway. Yeah. The reason I would avoid a PBN is just because they are doing that. They're selling those things in mass, and um, and they're not careful with with uh, attribution. Uh, and so I don't want to get involved with that, but I'm not necessarily against PBN so long as you're, it's, you have the right attribution for what you're doing. And and if you're saying that this is a site that's just for ads, um, there's nothing wrong with that and, and, and you're completely fine, but they don't do that because they're trying to be sneaky. Right. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that's like, why lie when the truth would suffice, you know, just be honest with what you're doing and you actually then fall into what is correct. I mean, you're allowed to have a site that's just all ads. Um, that's allowed. Uh, and so if, if, if people just kind of think of it in, 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 the, in those terms, I think you do a lot better and you'd be safer. And it's hard, you know, like Matt's stuff. Um, I think
0: I still think he owns his link building thing, doesn't he? I forget the name. Yeah, authority right. builders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff get, they get to be so good. The only real way to tell is if you start going in and looking at the social properties and look for pictures and like, if you actually DM and you don't get a response, but anymore, PBNs are getting to be so hard to even spot, um, you know, even a good SEO person if somebody does a PBN, right?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. Extremely hard. So yeah, for And sure. if people don't know what a PBN is, it's basically public blog network. Um, what a lot of, well, I mean, Matt's very successful with it is they basically find expired domains, scrape, take the domain, flip it, turn it into a blog and then fill it with content and then slowly Core um like you know, selling links, be- and they're trying to ride prior domain authority. So you know, um, looking for those sites that don't renew, and they you know their credit card lapses or something, and they
1: don't catch it, then you, you pick it up and flip it. So, but I mean, the thing to understand is that major companies do this as well. Um,
2: yeah,
1: you know, it's not like it's not like this is some shady. I mean, it's a dark shady corner of the internet, but massive companies do this as well because you're allowed to create properties that you own and control provide information and link back to your own sites that's there's nothing wrong with that as well my favorite example is wayfair wayfair owns like five different um uh furniture companies and they all link to each other um i I, I did this one search it was like chase lounge or something like that and of the top uh 20 results i think they had six you know they had like two on page one and like four on page two or three we, we was, i was like that's ridiculous they're all the same company mm-hmm. um so i mean this is a, it's a it's a practice that you're, you're allowed to do i mean it's, you're allowed yeah. to have multiple sites going after the same keyword even if you know I mean, they're different companies but they're owned by the same parent company that's fine yeah i love the ones that you know and i stay away from them when we're doing link
0: building with the ones that have advertise you know like you were saying they explicitly say advertise and then you know then you go there and it's a clear dead giveaway that that site's selling links which obviously google completely devalues at that point if if their machines can probably figure it out
1: yeah so but i mean they would be devalued because that's the purpose of the site you know is 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 just that but if the site has other purposes and they're going to sell some native advertisement that's yeah right different yeah
0: well any more questions uh, do you see anything pop up?
2: Nope.
0: I oh got, I think I hit on a lot of them. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I know we do have page optimizer pro. I believe that we do have a deal set up with that. Um, again, I appreciate it. I know we've gotten a lot of good feedback on your course. Um, anything else that you want to plug agency site, anything like that? Um, yeah. People can find
1: me. I'm <laughs> <Come> around. I'm <laughs> around yeah well i appreciate it man um, yeah no thanks for having me guys this was great a lot of fun yeah excited excited to
0: finally um get a chat seo with you so um i'll send over that I'll, i'd be interested to see i'll send you over um client report and have you take a look yeah
1: at it. yeah right on right on
0: feel free to use it you can hit the copy button yeah consider it stolen <laughs> it
2: took me forever to build all right i'll <laughs> over. Well,
0: i appreciate it um ad leakers uh what's the next podcast do you know do we have that set up yet
2: um yeah we're getting a couple um one of them is jack paxton late april is me talking about like instagram growth and content growth um and then
0: chandler i think as well for creative
2: yeah chandler willing should be hopefully in april we'll see. maybe maybe may
0: okay cool yep so i appreciate it thank you everyone um it's great talking to you Kyle.
1: Um, thanks so much. Yeah. Do you get to the U S back ever? Not, I mean, uh, when I come back to Thailand, I'd have to quarantine. So I don't think I'm going to do any travel until they let that go. And they're looking at maybe end of this year, beginning of next year. So,
0: okay. Do you guys have vaccines over there yet or no? Is is that like a thing? No, but we
1: don't really have any COVID. So they like held off on purchasing the vaccine, um, because they've done so uh, where we are in Chiang. Mai, I don't think they've had a case in three, four months. Oh, wow. um there's some there are a couple hot spots around um in the area but they're pretty well contained um but as a result they i don't think we're gonna get the vaccine until like may june july somewhere in there mm-hmm. i was looking the other day because i was looking at something for some reason
0: um just to see the cost of living over there and i think i looked at the philippines but you can get like it's crazy You get like a nine thousand square foot mansion for like a thousand bucks it was like crazy. You can get for like 6,000 bucks a year. You can rent like a 9,000 square foot mansion
1: basically costs nothing in us dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. I think the Philippines might be a little less expensive than Thailand, but we live in a three bedroom house in a gated community. It's not like the, the nicest in the area, but it's still yeah, just it's fine. I think we've got um, 2,200, 2,400 square feet, something like that. We're paying 600 USD a month. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh, <laughs> um but you know what's Luke crazier Luke, though Luke it's, lives in
0: uh California in Orange County he's probably he's got like a one-bedroom shed and it's like 10,000
1: a month <laughs> the um the thing hey, that if goes I so, my head
2: I can see the ocean <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're obviously not Thai. so um the heat I mean the one thing about time is there, there's no getting around the heat I mean it is warm mm-hmm. all the time just consider yourself sticky um mm-hmm. all the time so we're running the ACs constantly right I think last month i'm pretty sure it was just 24 hours a day and our entire electric bill for that house was about 80 usd jeez mine's 300 um, a month not even like water mine. bill our water bill was six dollars <laughs> and, oh and then um we don't pay for cable but we do have high-speed internet and our high-speed internet is 25 a month and uh our local typhoons um we're just like on a pay-as-you-go basically like kind of just topping up because we we only use it for like banking and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, that costs I want to say three four dollars a month.
0: Can you practice yeah. law over there? Like, can you get certified if you have a law degree here in Thailand? I
1: doubt it. Um, I, I haven't looked into that at all, but I'd be surprised if we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. I've never you been speak multi- multiple languages. No, um, I can speak restaurant Korean like where I can, I can, I can order very effectively. And yeah. as, as you can see, I, I can find food pretty well. Um, and, and so the, that, those kind of small talky things like, you know, directions, that kind of stuff I can do in Korean. I can read and write Korean pretty well too, nice. um, which is very helpful. Um, actually what's really great about Korea is like restaurant names are usually like the meat or their main course. So it will be just like chicken restaurant, you know, <laughs> you know, squid versus like next door is like squid balls restaurants like i think we're on chicken um you know that's a, that's a lifesaver like is, is learning how to read um thai is i don't i don't think i'll ever be able to learn how to read thai yeah it's uh, based off of a of sanskrit but my son though is learning how to read because he goes to a school it's bilingual and it's phenomenal hmm. he's right he's writing his name in thai and i'm like that's unbelievable hmm. that's awesome is it pretty like
0: I guess I don't even know. I've ever been over Thailand, like in terms of like crime and stuff, is it very similar to the U S or
1: is it like less, a lot less crime? Cause there's oh, no, significantly less crime. No there's done. no crime here. I mean, there's mm-hmm. crime here, of course, but um significantly less crime. Um, the only thing that that you have to watch out for is uh, um, motorcycle accidents. Like people are just killing themselves left and right on, mm-hmm. on, on their scooters. Like, cause that's pretty, it's, it's an odd thing. Um, we, uh, I think the best way to describe it is slow aggression. You can be as aggressive as you want if you're just going slowly. <laughs> and so like, yeah, these people that'll cut across like four lanes of traffic, but they do it at this like snail pace and everyone's like, all right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, like if they were to dart across, people lose their minds, I'm sure. But it's because he did it slowly. It's like, all right, we'll, we'll give you that one. But um, um, uh, scooter and motorcycle accidents are like super high. Uh, traffic deaths are pretty high. Yeah. uh per capita but um health system here is fantastic uh anything that you would need people do like medical tourism that kind of thing but also like, if you have like uh now that i've moved here and i moved with a family a lot of people are paying me like hey so you, you were able to make it but, you know like some people have like maybe a medical condition um that you need kind of checked on those doctors are here and and it's affordable and uh, stuff like that um any kind of leisure activity you're into is here um you know i uh, whatever you like to whatever you're into is, is available and there's a community for it so it's, it's really really great i don't think i'm moving i got four kids so i'm stuck. think about it think about it. the the school that we send my son to is phenomenal um we and it's uh it's about thirty seven hundred dollars a semester is what it comes out to i would think we're paying three four x easy in the u.s for the quality the level of education it is and they're um we're obviously accredited by thailand but they're also ib accredited which is the uk system and they're also accredited in the us as well
0: hmm. do so they teach it, do they teach it in
1: us like they teach it in english so it's split so there are three teachers in the classroom at all times there's a native english speaking teacher she's from the uk there's a native thai speaking teacher and then they have a teaching assistant um and there're only 18 kids in there so it's one teacher for six kids which hmm. is unbelievable and uh, they also pride themselves that the kids spend more time outside than they do inside. So my little guy, he's just in first grade, but um, like they're looking at the life cycle of a plant, and so they actually had an area that they had to go plant their seed, and they had to tend to it and grow the plant and and monitor it, and then they got it in a little cup and came home like, and we promptly killed it about two days later. <laughs> <And> we <got laughs> talking about the death part of that life cycle. Um, but like, that's the kind of experiences that he's having. And and just like with the, um, with this kind of environment of, um, really they're, they're, um, it, it follows a, a Buddhist model in terms of, uh, respect for others, respect for yourself, mm-hmm. respect for environment. And math is kind of like 12th on the list. Um, but I was like, I prefer that we build a better human, <laughs> you know, at this stage of his life. And, and, and then, we'll get, but then on top of that, because they have the accreditation in the U S and the UK, they can't just like not teach them like they're there's it's still an amazingly quality education but yeah cool someday i'll get over there i had
0: the opportunity to go and i stayed back and worked when a company i was working with went on vacation i was like no
1: somebody's got to hold the fort down and i didn't go because i didn't want to travel and i regret it ever since so yeah, if you make it over so chiang mai is all the way up you know it it is it's it's all the way up so it's only about an hour and a half it's about an hour from bangkok but uh, on a flight but like yeah driving would take forever it's like a eight nine hour drive hmm. and trains i wouldn't do but you know, if you hit if you hit bangkok think about it come on up see the community we'll take you out to some good food For sure yeah i see you guys always to get together i know um matt just built a pretty sweet house it looked like that looked like it was a couple year project his something. house is very nice yeah very yeah. very nice he actually lives um five minutes away from me
0: cool so- it's kind of crazy too how they do it because it's so different than how we build houses here. It's
1: just you know, there. Uh... <laughs> his biggest thing was like you have to watch them work; <laughs> otherwise, it's just not happening. <laughs> like somebody has to actually be there and watch the work happen. Otherwise, it's going to take take a while. Forever. It seemed like it
0: took forever though. Like just from his post, didn't it take like over a year or something?
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that was pretty quick by standards. Yeah, like here, you know, they build a house in two months anymore. Well, knew knew his wife. She knows what she's doing, so she. Um, I think she was a big driver of getting that done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think having her around was probably a, a huge help in, in cutting down the time and getting that completed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if I ever go over there, I'll look you up. Well, I appreciate it. I could talk all day about Tyler. So <laughs> That's probably the one good stuff. Well, I appreciate all the time. Uh, thank you yeah. for everyone that tuned in. Uh, we'll get this uploaded to the podcast, um, and we will see you guys in a few weeks. Appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate right, guys. it.
0: Yep. Later. See y'all.